Welcome back to episode 60 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, we're looking ahead to game week 18, hopefully. Welcome back to the FBL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FBL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of Draft Fantasy Football, looking at some guys to pick up on the waivers this week. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a little bit on the current COVID situation. Let's have a look at game week 17. What on earth is this game week? This game week is still going on whilst I record this. The Chelsea Everton team news has just dropped. In the end, there have only been seven fixtures after all of the postponements. Brentford United, Burnley Watford and Leicester Spurs were all called off, some of which pretty last minute. Otherwise, it all started off pretty much as expected. Some nice clean sheet points to Aston Villa. Man City smashed Leeds and some of the lesser seen players from Manchester City got big hauls. A makeshift Brighton team lost to Wolves. Palace and Southampton drew 2-2, which sounds so predictable in hindsight. And Arsenal convincingly beat West Ham 2-0. Obviously, as I just alluded to, the games tonight, uh, Chelsea and Everton and Liverpool and Newcastle haven't kicked off yet. So who knows what madness is still to come. If you managed to field a full 11 this week, I tip my hat off to you, but it was probably more luck than judgment. It feels like this may be a week too late, given everything that's gone on, but I am going to start the main section of the pod this week uh, with something I'm not really going to enjoy, and that's to assess where things might be heading in light of the COVID situation in the UK. There aren't many things I hate talking about more these days than COVID, but it is affecting football and will continue to affect football over the coming weeks and months. Therefore, it's going to affect uh, draft FPL. Now, looking ahead to game week 18, we've already lost that Brighton against Man United fixture. Um, So we're down to nine fixtures already, and I fully expect that the uh, disruption will continue as the turnaround time between the games this week uh, during the midweek games and the weekend is so small. The annoying thing for FPL players trying to plot a course uh, through another game week is that these games can get postponed super late in the day. And so, you know, before the waiver deadline, we're unlikely to hear of too many more postponements, meaning free agency is more likely to come into play. Some of the players uh, I'll be mentioning in this episode include Ward-Prowse, Martinelli, Broger and Alexander Lacazette. But as I said, I will be doing a little bit of a chat on the current COVID situation. So let's get into it. In fact, just as I'm recording this now, I've just seen the news flash up that we have got confirmation of some more postponed matches at the weekend. And some of these were not what I was expecting. So obviously Man United and Brighton, as I just said, has been postponed. Uh, we've also got confirmation that the game uh, Southampton against Brentford, Watford against Palace, West Ham against Norwich and Everton against Leicester have all been postponed. So that's half of the 10 matches called off already. Now, as I've already prepped my notes Uh, for the later section of this pod. I was already going to mention that the game uh, Watford against Palace and Everton against Leicester look iffy to me and likely to uh, not go ahead. But the games being called off, uh, Southampton, Brentford and West Ham Norwich is slightly surprising. So there's obviously been a further surge of uh, COVID cases there. But anyway, with the news constantly changing, let's just get on with it and record something. So, COVID. Last season, when the pandemic first kicked off, we saw football fully shut down 
uh, and then obviously coming back behind closed doors. Now we're in a different place at the moment. Uh, everyone is a lot clearer what they're dealing with. The vaccine rollout has largely been a success up to now. The data from about eight weeks ago told us that 68% of Premier League players were double vaccinated with a further 13% having had their first jab. Now, it's not too bad, but this is a decent chunk off the general public figures in the UK with 81% having been double jabbed and a further 9% having had their first jab. Now, we know that your risk of catching COVID uh, is decreased by being double jabbed, but if you're in a changing room with several people that might be infected every day, it's not difficult to see how clubs are being quickly wiped out. Now, that's not to blame those who aren't vaccinated, as there's a chance someone who has had two jabs could bring it into a camp as well, um, especially with the rise of the new variants. Now, in the UK, currently, the government do not seem very keen on disrupting the public's Christmas plans, probably for political reasons, given what happened last year. The difference between the most optimistic and the most pessimistic projections of how the Omicron variant is going to affect the population is pretty considerable. And I think this is, means it's pretty clear that over the new year period, some return to social restrictions will likely be required. And we've already seen that start slowly already. I think a return to football behind closed doors is virtually inevitable. Most of the players are all used to this now and it could be worth revisiting the form we saw from players during those empty stadium matches last year. Now there are a lot of calls from clubs at the moment and those connected to the Premier League to have some kind of a circuit break for a period of time to allow clubs to get a grip on things. I don't really see that as a meaningful solution as the players and staff are still free to roam around the shops and bars and interact with their friends. So unless each club plans on you know, having everyone camp out at the training ground and stay in a tight bubble, that's probably not going to be majorly helpful. The situation we're seeing in football clubs is simply a reflection of slightly lower vaccination rates and, and the use of shared facilities in pretty confined environments. Now, does that mean the Premier League won't bow to pressure and have a break? No, there still could be one. And if it does come in, I think it'd be for a minimum of two weeks um, for it to be of any point at all. And if that was done after this weekend, that would kill off the next three game weeks with game week 22 due to be played on the weekend of the 15th, 16th of Jan, uh, a potential return date. If you extend that break slightly, um, just a bit more to, to go over to that next week, play would then resume in game week 24, which is now into February and would have allowed a much more significant break. Now, obviously, that news that's uh, just rolled in that I mentioned at the top about the, the five games being confirmed off at the weekend is pretty significant. It's obviously Thursday evening now. There's still plenty of time um, between now and the weekend for more games to get called off. I think if we see another one or two go down, then it's then it's quite likely that the Premier League will just say, um, let's call it for, for a little while and, and see how things go after a couple of weeks once things are a bit more under control. But anyway, how does this affect draft FPL? How does this affect your draft FPL team? So in a general point, I think starting from this waiver window, diversity in your squad is key. Now, you want to avoid, if you can, having three or more players from one team in your squad. Otherwise, you're seriously jeopardising your chances of being able to field 11 players. Keep your ear to the ground for any news about a potential break in the schedule. If it sounds likely, then use that next waiver window to bring in some guys that are going to be useful in the new year. I'm talking about you know, Ben Chilwell, Ishmael Assar, Cresswell, 
Maxwell Cornet, Ferran Torres, uh, Raphael Varane, Patrick Bamford, Calvert-Lewin. There's probably some others I've forgotten, but these are all guys who could appear back on the radars, ready and rearing to go, having had a few weeks off to recover uh, without having to have missed any matches. On a small particular note, it sounds from comments made by Klopp that their squad and staff have a near 100% vaccine uptake. And so if you found yourself with, say, Alisson, Robertson and Mane, lucky you, that's probably not a trio I'd be rushing to break up as Liverpool fixtures are going to be relatively low risk um, as it would only be the opposing team who's more likely to spoil the fun. Also keep your eyes on the players who are coming through this period now with COVID, especially if, if any of them get confirmed as being out due to COVID, as they're going to be safer bets to pick up over the coming weeks and months, um, as they'll be far less likely to contract it again themselves. The other thing to remember moving forward is that certain players will have more fixtures to play than others, which in reality means they're likely to have more double or even triple game weeks as the season moves on. Spurs are the most obvious example of this, having had three games postponed already, meaning any Spurs player you can get uh, now looking down the rest of the season will have uh, bonus games against Burnley, Brighton and Leicester to be squeezed in later on, which is also something to factor in when you're trading players. I think the last thing to say is that if the, uh, the weekend game week disruption stays as it is and the other five games do go ahead, then make the most of it because it could well be the last uh, last football matches we see for a while, certainly with fans in the stadium. Um, so just make the most of it. So here is where my notes uh, are already out of date. Looking ahead to the remaining now five fixtures this weekend, um, I was about to say I'd be wary of the Watford and Palace players and the Everton and Leicester players, which was, uh, well, I guess fair enough in hindsight. I was also going to say that Sunday looks a little dodgy um, with Wolves and Chelsea because I think a few Chelsea players are missing tonight and that could always get worse. So that's another potential game that could could go under. Um, And um, so I think the safest games of the ones that are left um, are that Arsenal-Leeds game, the Aston Villa-Burnley game. And then the only other team that uh, you're really going to be interested in is Manchester City, but you'll struggle to get any of their guys. Uh, And then the Spurs-Liverpool match, again, you're not going to really be able to get many Liverpool guys, but you may have to look at some Spurs guys just to get a guy on the pitch without much hope that they're actually going to score you many points. So obviously the name of the game is to try and field a starting eleven. Um, that task is getting more difficult by the minute. Obviously, if you're stuck with a couple of keepers um, that aren't playing, don't go and do anything silly. You can afford to go a game without a keeper. But if you sat there with you know a few Man United defenders, a Palace defender, um, and another couple of mids from the games that were called off, you might want to make some moves to address that. I'd say if you're in moderately sized leagues, all of the United defenders are droppable. And I'd only be a bit more cautious in the big leagues with 14, 15, 16 teams in um, where the options are limited even on a good day. Um, I think realistically, I'm just having to kind of reframe all these notes on the fly based on that news. um, With five fixtures going, if you can get eight or nine guys that are relatively safe to start, that's probably not a bad week. And that's probably going to stand you in pretty good stead in uh, most head-to-head matchups. Um, so I guess my my pool of options has now diminished. 
the Arsenal defence is still very worthwhile. They'll all get mopped up pretty soon on the waivers. Likewise with the Aston Villa defence, if they weren't already picked up last week. I was going to mention the West Ham defence, but that's obviously out. Um, Ward-Prowse against Brentford is obviously out now. Um, Martinelli is, is one to look at, who's still not been picked up in a huge number of leagues at the moment. Um, he started a few games in the bounce now, took a really good goal at the weekend. And I think given how the games are going at the moment, Arteta can't really afford to do too much rotation. And if he's got some guys that he trusts, I'm pretty sure he's going to carry on playing them. Uh, and in the same vein, the guy I mentioned last week, Alexander Lacazette, uh, is very much in that camp as well. Um, just looks like a bit of a level head at the moment. You know, he's not the most lethal striker in the Premier League, but I think he's pretty decent and um, with a run of games should get a little bit better. Um, so uh, if he's available, definitely one to get, especially if you've got a Bamiang, I'd, I'd straight swap them if you can. Um, the other guys I mentioned, again, their, their games have been cancelled. I was going to talk about Ben Rama and some of those West Ham midfielders against Norwich. Um, I was going to highlight Armando Broja uh, in that game against Brentford. He took another really good goal at the weekend. So options really, really are limited. I suspect most of the questions that are going to come out ahead of this week's waivers are, is so-and-so worth dropping for likely uh, someone that isn't great, but is looking like playing? And that's really difficult to answer, especially when you factor in that the league could just be on pause in general. Some of you might just think, well, let's just treat this game week as a bit of a write-off, hang on to some of my star players and go again once everything looks like it's resumed with a bit of normality. I think certainly if you're in head-to-head leagues, you know, what's the what's the worst thing that can happen this this game week? If you've got five or six players um, that are only able to play, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to lose three points. If you're in a standard scoring league, um, you might want to go slightly more aggressive um, as to not fall too far behind. But these are all judgment calls you're going to have to make depending on where you are in your league, uh, how risky you want to play. Um, but um, if you're struggling over whether to drop a certain player to, to get a playing guy in, um, I'm happy to uh, take some questions and uh, have some discussions uh, on Twitter if you send me a message at FBL Draft Hub Pod. But it's a very difficult game week to uh, plan content for as I'm finding out while I go. So that's it for this episode. A little bit of a mess, obviously really short turnaround anyway and uh, really difficult to to plump for particular guys when matches are getting cancelled every time you try and pick someone from that team. As I said earlier in the main bit, I think your Arsenal defence, your Villa defence um, are the go-tos if there are some of those guys available. Um, but, um, you know, just look at your squad. If there are guys that are droppable, guys that you've you know only picked up recently or have been streaming in and out, then do just get rid of them for someone that's going to play, even if that's a Leeds defender, even if that's a Newcastle defender, really, and you get one point. Um, although maybe that's a bad example, because if we got another 7-0, then you're going to be on minus points. But anyway, you know what I mean. Just 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 look at it and be aggressive with who you need to drop if you have to. If this is your first time listening to the FBL Draft Up podcast, I promise you it's usually a bit more organised than this with a bit more structure. But if you have enjoyed it and this is your first time, then please follow or subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Hopefully we will have some football to watch over the Christmas period and there will be some game week previews to put out, but we'll have to wait and see. 
I am in the process, as I mentioned before, of uh, getting a Christmas pod out, which uh, will come out at the weekend. Um, And I guess with uh, only five matches to watch at the moment, I should have a bit more time to sort that out. Again, as I mentioned, uh, the best way to get hold of me is on Twitter at FBL Draft Hub Pod. Just drop me a message on there and I'm usually pretty quick to get back to you. Also, if you haven't already, head over to FBLDrafthub.com and sign up there for free stats for your league and team that you can't find anywhere else to help you get the edge over your league rivals. So best of luck ahead of game week 18. It's probably never been more important to uh, to get a bit of good luck ahead of a game week. I'm certainly going to need it as well, but as I look at my team Currently, I may just be able to get some sort of starting 11 out, all being well, um, but we'll have to wait and see. So hope you remain safe, get your boosters, and as always, stay shook. Sure.